0: Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifted you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. But as we say, we started this series a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about certain areas of, of pursuit and how pursuit looks different for so many other people, and um, it, it pursuit is usually attached to goals and ambitions, but, you know, we're looking at pursuit in a different way, um, how we pursue things, and um, the, the book of Philippians gives us a criteria, kind of a standard to kind of live by and to go by as we're pursuing things in our life. Pursuit is not a wrong thing, you know? We like to pursue things in our life. We like to pursue relationships. We like to pursue, you know, finances. That's not a bad thing, but it's good for us to have a little bit of boundaries around that because it can go south real quick and it be, and we start building our kingdom and not the kingdom of God. And it happens like that. We've seen, we've seen so many ministers and business owners that just fall into just, just life. And it's because there's no boundaries around what is supposed to be good. See, sometimes even good things have to have boundaries around it. It's not only always the bad things because what gets in the way is us. We are sinful in nature, and if we don't surrender that part of our life, that is always going to be apparent in our life. It, it is always going to be there. So as we pursue things in our life, Philippians gives us this standard and criteria to live by, and let's, let's read it again as we read all, uh, every week, just want to give you the context of what we've been kind of speaking on in, in, in this time. So Philippians chapter 3. Verse 12 and 14 says, not that I have already obtained all of this or already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold for what which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I have not considered myself yet to be taking hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straying for what is ahead. I press towards the goal to win the prize, which is God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Last week, we talked about the push, the, the the push in life, to push through for growth and not distractions in our life. We say sometimes we crumble in the pushings in our life, in in the in those areas that we're, we're pursuing. But what if that was an area for you to grow in? And we talked about the pursuit of the push. But today, let's navigate another por- uh, portion of this 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 verse in Philippians, and this one's gonna hurt. I'm gonna tell you right now. It hurt me because it's literally challenging me to the core of who I am. There's two things that you don't that you don't talk to people about. You don't talk to people about their money. Three. There's two you don't talk about their money, their kids, or how they're living their life. It's true. When you challenge those areas in people's lives, they turn like New York, Puerto Rican on you real quick. Because I have two sides of my family. I have my family in Florida who's sophisticated. Then I have my New York family, but we don't go over there. We don't, we don't roll that side. They're good people. But what I'm trying to tell you is when you, when you hit those areas in people's life, when you hit those areas in people's lives, it, it, they, they get a little twisted real quick. So today we're going to talk about this. The pursuit, you ready for this? The pursuit of maturity. The pursuit of maturity. God calls us to be mature in areas. Pursuit of maturity. Let's read a verse that, because I'm pretty sure the, the verse that we talked about, Philippians chapter 12, you heard that a lot in churches and everything. But they stop at the goals part, you know? Let's pursue the goals. Let's continue to move forward. And then they are like, oh. We're just rolling now. But read the verse after that. Read the verse after that. And in verse 14, it says this, I press towards the goal to win the prize, which is heavenly word in Christ Jesus. Woo, yeah, heaven word. Verse 15, all of us then who are mature should take such view on things. It, this one kicked me in the gut. Because all of my church life, it's all about the good things, (laughs) like the goals. Like sometimes in church, we talk about goals more than we talk about the cross. But it's good. But this verse is saying, Paul is indicating in this moment, he said all the criteria the past three weeks we talked about. You know, not bringing the past into the future, you know, you know, uh, being humble and all these things is a mindset to Paul. And Paul is saying in verse 15 says all those things that we talked about, all those things that can be so beneficial for your life. He says this. None of that will work if you don't live a mature life. We read it again. He says this. All of us that just heard what I just said. He said all of us who then mature would take hold of these views of things. He's saying all the things you read before this, only would be activated or thought with a mature mindset. Because if you don't have a mature mindset, what I just talked about, Paul just said, is going to crush you. Maturity. Maturity. If you don't have a mature mindset, mindset, pride, you're going to operate in pride and not live humble. If you don't have a mature mindset, you're going to pull things from the past and bring it to your future. If you don't have a mature mindset, the push in life, the, the things that, are, that seem in, impossible to get around, those push in life is going to cripple you. Why? It's not because you're a wrong person. Maybe it's you're not mature enough. If you're not mature enough, You can't think in these ways. So the question I have for you today is, are you mature? What's maturity? Maturity is a state of having reached a stage of full or advanced development. A full and advanced development. Here in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we see the Corinthian church dealing with an issue. You know, this new gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus is gone. He died on the cross. He rose again. And and the gospel is being spread around, you know, um, the the Jews and and the Gentiles. The gospel is just going around. And people were so focused on who to follow in this gospel, they lost the the fact of the gospel. So here in the book of Corinthians, we see this this conflict going between, you know, between going, who's going to follow? Paul and who's going to follow, um, uh, uh, I think it was a, Apollo, uh, uh, the, the other, yeah, Apollos, and, and, and trying to figure out this concept, but they missed the, the, the whole concept in the middle. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 and 4. It says, but, but, but I, brother, could not address you as spiritual people, but a people of the flesh as infant in Christ. Number one. Somebody's coming at my life right there, okay? You're telling me, whoa. this They spoke to each other. Sometimes we sugarcoat it too much. We're like, brothers and sisters, Jesus loves you. But guess what? Jesus hates when you do something stupid. Like, this is what they're saying. It's like, hey, we're cool. We're buddies. But brother, I can't address you as I'm stressing spiritual people because you're not. You're an infant. That's what he says. Number verse 2. He says, I fed, you, uh, I fed you with milk, not spo- uh, solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now, you are not ready, you're not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only as um, human way?" For when one says, I follow Paul, one say, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? There's this concept. He's like, you know, like we're we're trying to do all we can. But at some point, you got to tighten up, honey. That's what he's saying. He's like, we've been here before. Like, I've, I've tried to give in, giving you all this spiritual Uh, maturity things to live your life can I be honest with you today sometimes that's how I feel as a pastor I'm trying to help you here but if you only hear my words and not acting not looking through the Bible and then I look at some of your guys social media and your life and I'm like what we just talked about this if I'm honest this is what Paul was talking about. Why are you worried about Apollos? Why are you worried about me? What, you're missing the meat of the, of the, of the, of the substance. I, I given you what you needed to do. I've given you the milk, but you have spoiled it. And, and you're not taking that solid food. At one point, a baby needs to get to the, the food, right? But here's the thing. They were, they were looking at this verse as mature, uh, spiritual maturity, which that's what we need to grow in, the knowledge of Jesus Christ. But they were missing the common sense of Jesus. And we've done this in the church. And we look down on people that don't know more of the Bible than we do. And, and for generations and generations, we, we look down on people because I've done, i know more. I've been to seminary and I've been here and I've done this and I've been a professional Christian. It looked ridiculous, and we're wondering why doesn't people want to come to church? It's because you, you're a jerk. Like why would if, if we're supposed to be followers of Jesus Christ? I don't want to follow you. You're mean. You're ugly. Not ugly like that, but just like ugly like, ugh. But we have so much knowledge of God, but don't follow his common sense living. We we know we can speak in tongues, but we cuss other people out. We know the knowledge. Didn't didn't that's what the Pharisees did that's what the Pharisees did and Jesus comes on the pictures hey hey you know it all I mean you've been to you've been to you been seminary you know all the the Torah you know everything and what Jesus looked at them and says hey you're like vipers he says to the Pharisees you have the knowledge but you don't have the surrender in the relationship. And for so long we've been living on the knowledge but we don't know how to surrender to God. And when the knowledge is not enough, we don't know what to do and we start blaming, oh is this? Is this generation? Oh is this? And is this? Oh is that pastor? And we don't know how to be planted in a church because we're only pointing. The pointing needs to be at you. Are you mature? You know why we have so many people just skipping along in their relationship with Christ? It's cuz they're not mature. I remember growing up, we had one church we went to. You like it or not, you're going to church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Vigilias and everything. This lady will make me wake up like at 4 o'clock in the morning to go pray and not eat the whole time. Can I get a dang Pop-Tart? But let me tell you this. Was my my dad hurt in the church? Absolutely. Was there arguments? Absolutely. But we were planted. See, there's so many people that are not mature that they're looking for the next hype, but not the next move of God. That's why some people, you hear those people like, oh, I don't need to come to church. I can watch this person online. That's great. But that's like milk. Community gives you the substance. It is too much. I do not even get to my notes yet. The thing is, we're so rooted in knowledge, but don't know common sense. What, What happened to the point uh, young adults, let me help you real fast, okay? I'm not, not going to go over here because I don't want to think I'm talking to them over there. I'm just going to go middle. Let me tell you something real fast. Young adults, anybody, you cannot only speak that you're a Christian, you have to show it. Whatever you say, people are going to attach it to your name. But I'm a good person. Yeah, good people. Also do stupid things. We have to be rooted in the truth of God's word. We we have to be mature in knowing, hey, maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe I shouldn't post that. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Yes, you believe in it. I'm for it. But are you ready to answer for it? I'm just saying. I'm just saying because we need to be not only in knowledge and appearance. But also in common sense. There, there are people that are mature in speech, but they don't know what to how to deal with common sense on a day-to-day basis. Let's talk about a little bit about maturity as the Bible presents it. Number one, maturity is hard. It's hard. If it was easy, everybody would be mature. But you see those people that you just know they're like, mm, that ain't my vibe. You know what I'm talking about? Why? Our natural reaction is sinful in nature. Like, we, we're sinful in nature because we were born in sin. So in, in, in reality, maturity deals with some of our decision-making and some of our areas in our life that we don't really want to surrender. So it really deals with some of our sin issues to grow. It started in the garden. Adam and Eve had everything. I mean everything. You want to name that thing? What are you? A lion? You said leon? No. You, you, they had it all. Think about this. They had it all, but didn't have one thing. And that one thing, a little appealing. Mature people will be like, "God told me, and I'm going to be standing. I'm going to stand on God's word." Immature people are like, "Is that a snake?" Even though a snake is scary, have you seen a snake? Snakes are not like, ooh, I want a pet. If you have a friend that has a pet snake, run from them. Red flag. Snakes are gross. But is what the snake said that appealed to their mind. And in one decision of immaturity changed the life of everyone some some can't grow spiritually some can't grow emotionally some can't grow in spiritual things because they are following the wrong things. they're following the wrong things because of our sin nature it tends to lean that way that's why maturity should align us to righteousness in god in right standings with god maturity doesn't lead, a, the, maturity doesn't lead with feelings, but maturity leads in purposeful thoughts. Like literally, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 20 says, brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants of evil, but in your thinking, be mature. He said, if you want to be a little baby in one area, Be a little baby in evil things. Like, don't do them. But in thinking, be mature. So my feelings don't lead to my maturity. I I need to think outside of that because I I lead with maturity. I don't settle. You hear that? I don't settle in immaturity because I don't want to work at being mature. It's hard, but anything that is hard is worth it. It's worth it. It's daily thinking differently about what God is doing. Maturity. Number two, maturity can be derailed in offense. In offense. I I heard this all the uh, the time. You can can build your reputation for years, but lose it in a moment. My mom and dad used to reel that in to me. I wasn't scared of God. I was scared of a four foot eleven woman with a chancleta. You can build your life, all your life, your reputation, but lose it in a moment. Isn't that scary? But I feel like this this where we live in is different. It's like forget your reputation and just like build your life on anything. Like, it, it doesn't matter at times reputation don't matter because we we mask it with it I don't care what people think about me maybe you should because you're acting a little crazy you're acting a little selfish because yes it's your life but you also represent probably your family too and they're looking at you and like that's not how I raised you don't get mad at me One way you can affect a mature mindset is accepting offense. You know people that are living immature lives when they only talk about what people did to hurt them. I do this because of them. Because I was hurt 27,000 years ago, this is why I'm living the way I'm living or saying the things I'm saying or hanging out with the people that I'm hanging out with. Because of that, I do this. You know what? Though the people that probably are offended you years ago, they're living their life, and you're still living with it. You're still living with it. They're still like free rent in your head. Like you're worrying about things that people that don't care about you are not even worried about. They're at Disney World. You're over here in a torture chamber. It's true. But that's what offense does. Being offended all the time about everything will make you live an immature life. Let me help you how do you uh, how you operate uh, out of offense. This is what you need to do. James chapter one verse nineteen says, "Know this, my beloved brothers: Let us be people the quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger." Woo! Leave that up there. Let's be people. Quick to hear. Sometimes you gotta what you hear what they say, and it has to be quick out. Because when it starts becoming a name tag to who you are, you let them rule your life. Because people are gonna say stuff all the time. I was just talking to somebody about the other day. You know, somebody like offended you and stuff like that. Uh, you, you just gotta. You, sometimes you like we talked about a couple weeks ago. You gotta forget it. You just gotta be like, whoa. Did that happen? Quick to hear. Slow to speak. You don't have to say the first thing that comes out of your head, I suck at this. You hush your mouth. <laughs> slow to speak, slow to anger, how to speak. She's like, "Yes, I've never seen you preach so much." And slow to anger. I mean, if we can just focus on those three things, like we won't offend others and we won't live in offense because it's really messing up the character of who you are. It's maturity. Number three, maturity has a sound. Maturity has a sound. You know those people. Woo! We talk about Not all that. Time. You know those people, whatever comes out of their mouth, you know, like, famous people, they're living in high school. <laughs> like, middle school's over, bro. You know what I'm talking about? By what they say, you already know their maturity level. It, it just spews out. Some of you are laughing, but what if you're that person? We, we have to be careful... What we say, because it really determines how mature we are. Sometimes we got to pick our battles. Pick our battles. You only have a couple breaths on this earth. How are you operating in immature speech? Immature speech. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, 37 is one of those kick you in the teeth kind of things. And I, I don't like to read this. Part of the Bible because I don't want it to to like hurt me. I'm offended. Um, It says this. I tell you, listen this. I tell you, one day on the day of judgment, people will give account to every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be damned. You know some of those verses like. Ugh, I hurt. It didn't say on this earth, you people can. Know. It says on the day of judgment. That means we're going to be seeing Jesus. And you have to give an account for every other version says idle words, every careless word that comes out of your mouth. So maybe you need to be careful what you say. Because if you don't want to give account to that, yeah, nobody's in the car, but Jesus is. Can we just have a zone where Jesus is not, and then we just let go? That don't happen. This is a not Jesus zone. It doesn't happen that way. You know why? We have to give an account. I don't say that. The word of God says that. So we need to be careful what we say, because once you say it, you can't get it back. You can't can't do it. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28 says, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such to be building up to fit an occasion that you give grace to those who hear it. If you can't hold your tongue, listen to this. If you can't hold your tongue, you can't hold the promise. You, every action doesn't need a reaction. Sometimes we need to hold. That's why one of the fruits of the spirit are self control Because we don't have to. You know you're represented with growth. You will, people will see growth. By sometimes the way you speak and it represents your maturity number four maturity cares what people think now i'm about to wreck all of your theology we live in a generation that says i don't care what people think. and to an extent that matters that, that doesn't matter I, I, I get what you're saying you don't, you don't have to live by their opinions or anything like that. I, I get that. But in reality, we do need to care what people think about our life. Because we're supposed to be a light in the dark places. But if that light isn't challenged to be a light, it's going to be darkness. Let, let me explain this to you. you. You hear it all the time. I don't care what other people think, but the reality is the word of God is clear in than intent that we need to be an example of Jesus Christ and people need to look at us to see Jesus. Listen to me. We are an example of Jesus Christ. And Pete, God says that we are his disciples. Being a disciple is representing who we're deci- getting discipled from. So if we're getting discipled from the king, We need to represent him on this earth. So we need to care about how we're being an example to people. You are probably the only Jesus people will see. So the question is, are they seeing Jesus? Proverbs 22, verse 1, it says, A a sterling reputation is better than striking it rich. But I want to strike it (laughs) rich. Your reputation matters. And I'm not coming down on people that that probably messed up or whatever. Listen, that's your past. That can be your past and leave it in the past. It can be your testimony now. What I'm telling you to do is just think a little bit more before you do it. Because your reputation matters. Because there's going to come a time. This is how God works. That person that you just went crazy on. What if God uses him two years later to show used to show him Jesus what are they going to say oh you remember that one time it's happened to me before I just go crazy on somebody years later they come into my into my life some way somehow and I'm like I'm sorry about it. I was 18 but what if we didn't have to have that weird conversation? What if our reputation matters so much that we'll walk in a different way, that we'll, we'll talk in a different way? Yes, we're going to mess up. Listen, don't think you have to be perfect because you can't reach perfect. But you have to have a thought of acting different. You can't act as people else, uh, other people act. Sometimes you can't dress as other people else dress because it's a representation of who you represent. It's just true. And yes, God loves you. And yes, Jesus loves you. Yes, yes, ye, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. But the reality is we have to be representations. But sometimes we go so far to the left or to the right. I grew up that that, that when you couldn't dress any other way. No pantallas, no anything. You go to the beach and ladies have dresses like this. Fuego pentecostal. I mean, ladies didn't shave and everything. I'm like, what is this? This is not godly. You stink. Put some deodorant on. Not you, Jazz. I wasn't looking at you. I'm sorry. Smell great. Smell great. See? But then we had a generation of that. And instead of trying to figure out where's the middle, we've gone all the way to the right, to the left, whatever we're at. Right? And we have people that, oh, this is just how we dress. But is it representing who you truly are trying to represent? I'm not trying to go that way. But this way might be a little too wrong, too. Let's find the middle ground. We represent ourselves unto Christ. Let me ask you this. If Jesus came down on this earth and was walking with you on the daily, how would you act? Too much. It's true. Have you thought about that before? Like, if if I if Jesus said, "Hey, guess what? I have an appointment at your house today. Mark it down. We're chilling today." Where would you take Jesus? What would you wear? What would you hear? You will turn. You'll be like Joy FM, real quick. It's choice for the family. You'll be start deleting stuff off your phone. If, are we honest? So why can't we like live like that? As G, because he's guess what? He's here. Sometimes we're like. You know, like if I don't feel him or whatever, he's here. Trust me. We have to be representation of Jesus. Listen, I'm not saying to go all the way this way. I'm not saying to go all the way. way. I'm just saying just just be who you are and who God's called you to be. Just think about it a little bit more. That's all I'm saying. Just think. Because we can have the common, we, we miss the common sense of stuff. And we lose Jesus in the middle. And as I close, the Bible says that Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 says, In the same way you are the light, uh your, let your light shine before others. Listen right here. Let your light shine before others, so that you may, that that, that they may see your good works and give glory to the father to the Father in heaven. Look at that verse. It says. In the same way, let your light shine before others. It just don't say let your light shine. It says let your light shine around people. That you may, they may see the good works that God has done in your life. So if there's something that you're doing that doesn't show people God's good work in your life, don't do it. If they have to question things, this person, like, he's just go to church just to, like, check a mark. Like, we have to be real about this thing. Ways that we lose our light, stuff we post on, the way we speak in our workplaces, you know, what we do in the, in, when nobody's looking around. Yes, even, even by yourself, it matters. We talked about yesterday, your char- last week, your character integrity does matter. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, you are the light of the world a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. You're trying to hide, but there's a light on the inside of you. You're gonna walk into a room and people gonna be like, whoa, because there's a light inside of you. So if you know that God's light is inside of you, we need to represent that light in the right way. And that has to do with the maturity that we operate in. Corinthians chapter 13, verse verse 11. uh, First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man or woman, I gave up my childish ways. I remember when we had Elijah. Right, Riley, Riley has the second kid syndrome. We didn't really care about her that much. We just we started feeding her like. Real quick, but Elijah's the first one, you know, and you're just very worried about the first one. The right? Formula, the right thing, the right bottles. We went through bottles. We went through doctors, whatever bottles. We went to Mrs. Doctor bottles. I mean, we went to all of them. Doctor Brown, there it is. Cause you're so worried. One thing that we were with Elijah. Elijah had um, acid reflux. He would just throw up all the time. I mean. Hated it. we were wearing a suit. Back then, you know, I wore suits. All right? And, bam, um, just throw up. But it was the formula we were giving him. We had to get him a special formula. And, but at some point, that formula wasn't enough. And baby food. And then we tried to be those extra parents, Pinterest parents, and try to make our own baby food. That lasted two days. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. It ain't happened. It ain't for me. We're Puerto Rican. Get the rice and beans in there, okay? It's true. But here's the thing: at some point, he had to go from the bottle, baby food, little pieces of, you know, food here and there, vegetables, and now he don't eat anything. He's just French fries, right? <laughs> We're horrible parents. But the thing is this, there was a progression and you saw the progression of his maturity. You would think crazy about me if my soon-to-be nine-year-old walks in this church with a bottle and his, like just going to town. You would think different of me as, as his parent. You'd be like, they're weird going to another church. It's true, right? because that's not normal, that's not a normal thing, to being older, still with a bottle. But you expect it out of Gary and Emily, right? Well, she, she's, she's going down on a bottle, like, you're like, oh, that's cute. But if my nine-year-old is like going down on a bottle, you're like, you need some counseling. It's true. Let's look at that as our spiritual walk and our maturity. There's too many people that are 34 years old still sucking on a bottle. Offense comes in your life, you are this and that. We need to get to the point where we don't want the bottle anymore. We want some stuff, we want some meat. But that only comes with hard work. There was times where Elijah wanted the bottle. But as good, responsible parents, we had to teach him the next step. And he will cry, especially with the pacifier thing. Like, at some point, what if you pacifier? That was hard. It was hard for us. Bloodshot eyes, we're going crazy, sleeping on the floor, on the crib. You know those parents, when you're sneaking, like you finally put them to sleep, and you're just like doing the crawl. And then that, and you don't even care about the the. You don't care about the door ever. But then that one day, you're like, ee! it's like, you hate your life. <laughs> yes. Sir. But the thing is, this, at some point, he had to grow up to want the thing that was going to sustain him the rest of his And in maturity, you have to look at it that way. It's gonna, it's gonna be hard. You're gonna have to like. Let go of some things. But being mature is going to be sustainable the rest of your life. It's going to be sustainable in your spiritual walk, in your emotional walk. If there are some things that are hurting you emotionally, maybe you need to evaluate some things in your life to be mature in those areas. The maturity in your life is like a muscle. You have to you have to grow it on a daily because it's, our, it's easy to be immature. It's hard to, to, to live mature. And by living mature... We're going to see evil as evil and good as good, not tampering in between. No, we have to be mature to know that the substance that I operate is in faith, is in love, is in common sense at times. It's the meat thinking, not the the milk thinking it's us thinking maturity so in maturity i don't live in offense i don't let offense uh uh, take hold of me i control my tongue and i become an example to the world because that's the jesus that they're seeing are you living a mature life because you can do it today thank you again for joining us here at axios hey to hear more messages just like this go ahead and subscribe to this channel If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.